Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. And there is a disease out there that affects more than a million Americans. Type 1 diabetes, I'm talking about. The leading global organization that funds type 1 diabetes research is JDRF. And our guests today, Wilma Kamenat, Sophia Glover, and Delilah Sanabria, are all part of JDRF in one form or another. William, Delilah, and Sophia, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to have you, and I want to talk about uh, what's coming up. Beat the Bridge is the annual fundraiser, right, for JDRF? Yes, it is. Wilma, tell us about JDRF, what that stands for first, right? we got to get that out of the way. Some basics. We'll start with you since you are the... you're the Greater Northwest Chapter Associate Executive Director, right? That is correct. You have all the answers. So let's give you the, <laughs> the start here, the basics to tell yeah, us. Yeah, so JDRF stands for Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And the foundation was started in 1970. Um, we have about 70 chapters around the country and actually six um, international affiliates as well. So what the organization does is our vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. And the, we, the way we do that is um, by focusing on three different areas. One is research. So obviously trying to find a cure. That one's right in the name. That one I got. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of, uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of great research facilities in the state of Washington. So JDRF is currently funding about 15 million in research grants here in the state of Washington. So we're super excited about that. Um, A second way that we try to um, create a world without type one is by providing free support services. Um, We have a lot of support services, but one that I wanna highlight is what we call the Type One Nation Summit. It's a one day summit and we provide information for people of all ages and stages of type one diabetes. Again, it's a free, Free day is held out in the Microsoft campus in November. Um, The third way that we try to create a world without type 1 diabetes is through advocacy. Um, Right now, a hot topic is the insulin price um, and how that has been increasing. So we get in front of our legislators and try to reduce the cost um, and also just obviously advocate for better health care for type 1 diabetes. Yeah, all good, big big picture yeah. things, actually, yeah. to, to talk about today. And there's no way we're going to cram all that yeah. in a half hour. <laughs> so I'll just say right off the bat, there's so much online to learn about JDRF that, that people can really find out more and support this. And so many people, like I said, it's over a million, maybe it's a million and a quarter Americans. 1.25 million Americans, yeah, correct. live with this. And this is different than the type 2 diabetes that people can get, I don't know, through lifestyle, right, uh, problems, but type 1 diabetes, let's stick on the basics. This is not uh, anything to do with, I got it myself because I made bad decisions, right? Correct. Tell us about the disease itself, type 1 diabetes. Yeah, so type 1 diabetes is when your body um, stops creating insulin. Um, And so these folks are insulin dependent. Um, So they need to take insulin either through um, shots or through an insulin pump. And these two ladies will 
I'm sure can tell you their stories there. Yeah. Uh, so both Sophia and uh, Delilah here, y- you both live with type 1 diabetes. Uh, let me start off here. We'll introduce you. Sophia, you're one of this year's ambassadors for the Beat the Bridge Run, right? You live with type 1 diabetes and are, yeah. what, 12 years old? Yes. Okay. So tell us about yourself living with type 1 diabetes. You're just a middle schooler. Yeah. A high schooler, let's well, say. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. So living with type 1 diabetes is pretty difficult sometimes because you never really get a break. It's always there. You constantly, anytime you're going to eat anything, you have to think about like, like micromanage it anytime you're about to eat something. Like you can't just sit down and be like, uh, if you're with your friends, sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to eat that slice of pizza and then I'm going to go outside and run around. No, you have to be like, well, if I'm going to eat that slice of pizza, that's 30 carbs, but it also has fat in it. So I'm going to have to do something special with my insulin for that. But if I go out and run outside, then I could go, my blood sugar could go low because I have insulin on board, and that's just a little bit. That's so, just a little bit of it. <laughs> so everything you make, every decision you make with food and activity, you have to think about how this will affect your insulin levels because your pancreas doesn't crank out insulin, and you have to manage this. Yes. All it, the, not just in the morning with a <laughs> shot. Maybe some people don't know enough. Mm-hmm. But like that's what we're here. A rareness. It's not. Uh, it's not just a one little thing. I can take care of it all the time. You're thinking about your yeah, diabetes it's constantly, even at nighttime. Like some nights, you'll just spend the whole night trying to get your blood sugar like up or down or into a safe range. And Delilah, you are the senior promotions coordinator at radio station Movin 92.5 right here. One of the sponsors, right, of the Beat the Bridge Run. Yes, but you also, <laughs> not just promoting this for the station, you yourself live with type 1. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what got me involved with JDRF was being a type 1 and wanting to learn more about it. And especially once I found out about Beat the Bridge and what they do for type 1 diabetics. Yeah, it's, and so Sophia, mm-hmm. here's a young person. You're well into your 20s now, um, been living with it a long time. It does when not change, I have to say that. As a, a young girl, right? In yes, the, 10 years old. And so since then, I would have to say it definitely forced me to mature at a young age, and you lose a piece of your childhood, really. And that's just because you have to focus on something you would have never had to think about before. And I'd say it is definitely a 24-hour-a-day disease. There are no breaks, as Sophia said. And so you're constantly monitoring your blood sugars, and you have to think about it every second of the day to make sure you're at a normal range. Or if anything feels strange, you have to figure out what's going on and learn how to understand the symptoms. And so too much insulin, too little can cause different symptoms in your body. And Absolutely. <laughs> how, so as a, I don't know, when did you get diagnosed, Sophia? Age nine. Nine years old. And you, Delilah, at 10, you must have then stopped and turned to your parents and go, why? What's going on? What happened? I mean, there's no, there's no reason. We don't know what causes this, right? It's not genetic, is it? It's not. You it can be. A, yeah. You fell mm-hmm. off a tree when you were six, so now you have it. It's not. <laughs> I mean, there is a, no. barely a link, isn't there, genetically? or they It don't just, know it really depends. There is a link genetically. But in my case, we don't know. So there was no one else in my family who has type 1. So I just kind of got it one day, and we had to learn how to understand the disease and how to live with it because you don't really have a choice since there is no cure. Wilma, this must be the story that everyone with type 1 has. All of a sudden it just comes on. I've had these symptoms. They finally get you to a doctor. At least they know enough now that the doctor can figure this out. I think you have diabetes. Let's keep checking your levels in your blood. But... Where do they go from there? I mean, it is brand new, especially when you get diagnosed so young. 
Yes, it's definitely brand new, um, and the family is hit with a lot of information, a lot of questions. Yeah, um, what does JDRF do? Uh, can you step in right away from a doctor? Do yeah. they say, you know what you should do? You need to go to JDRF, at least their website, and you can find out a lot more we, about this disease. There's definitely a lot of information on our website, but right off the bat, especially we've been able to work with Seattle Children's and Mary Bridge Hospital. So when kids are first diagnosed, they get what is called a bag of hope. And it has a lot of information for not only the patient, but also for the parents. Because again, it's a lot of information to soak in, um, especially when it's going to be a chronic autoimmune disease. So it's going to be a lifelong disease. So we step in and we try to provide them a lot of information. We also try to uh, connect them with our type 1 uh, or a T1D connections program where we partner them with people that have been in their shoes. So they're able to talk to somebody like, you know, what what am I going to expect? What is my kid going to expect? What do I do when they go to school? So they have all those questions and these outreach volunteers are are there to help them, guide them through that journey. Wow. That, that does seem so different than just being a kid who, you know, if you think of you know, a Norman Rockwell painting, kid gets up and tumbles out the front door, goes to school, plays, and comes home. Yeah. But now uh, this kid, whoever diagnosed, has to think about it all day, every day. But it's not just juveniles. I mean, let's get this out of the way, too, right? This is not a juvenile. Adults can, yes, adults can definitely get uh, type 1 diabetes as well. So um, it definitely is more prevalent in the um youth community, but there are definitely adults that have uh, been diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. yeah. And so as we're saying, no known real cause, it's not preventable. There's no, we haven't found a way to say, and it's not a cure yet either. That's no, there is no cure. So this is why we're, we're raising money with events like beat the bridge. Yep. Delilah, you tell us a little about beat the bridge and what this is. Beat the bridge is a run that is held at Husky stadium in Seattle and it raises money for research for type 1 diabetes and JDRF. And so it is also led by Nordstrom, who is a huge and the biggest sponsor of the Beat the Bridge Run. I got moving involved recently, so that was just last year, our first time getting involved because of my passion for the disease and wanting to be more involved with it, just because I am a diabetic. And so I started that by reaching out to the Northwest chapter and thankfully they did not have a radio sponsor yet so you know it was kind of meant to be in my eyes and it was also my first time creating a team for the event and i'm going to be back this year with the same team okay (laughs) and we are team tie-dye which is t1e-dye oh i get it thank you we had to throw the t1d in there (laughs) say that again slower though for the folks listening because they got to figure it out type one yeah t1 e D-Y-E. Yeah. Yes. So we had an incredible experience. It is challenging, mind you, an AK run. And it was my first time doing that. So I didn't know exactly what to expect. Are you not a runner already? Is I that, am not, oh, no. So, so that, so was, I don't enjoy running, to be honest. There was a little training involved then. Did yes. you practice? Not that year. Oh. That's the problem. This year, I am. <laughs> I learned my lesson. And so, so this runs from Husky Stadium, mm-hmm. and the route goes over the, is it the Montlake Bridge first? Seattle then you're on University. the south side of the cut. Yeah. So and that is correct. I will let you kind of see Wilma on then here too, the, Wilma. You end up mm-hmm. on the south side of the, the cut and yes. have to run back north over to finish over the University Bridge. Is that right? 
And if that bridge is that bridge is going to go up, that bridge is going to go up. It's gonna, uh, that's a drawbridge. It's going <laughs> to. Some folks don't know everything about Seattle. That bridge is a drawbridge, and when it goes up, you can't run across you it. You definitely <laughs> cannot run across so it. So you have to beat the bridge, <laughs> right? Absolutely. That is that is the purpose. Okay, so it's an eight k. It is an eight k run. At like. Eight. When does it start the race? The eight K run starts at eight thirty in the morning. And that bridge, they know when it's going to go up. They right? know it's, it's going to. Yeah, it's at the two point one mile mark, uh-huh. and it will go up twenty minutes after the last person crosses the start line. Ah, okay. So you got to beat the bridge, um, but it's not a bad thing if you don't beat it. Why, what happens if you beat the bridge? Or you. Well, if you beat the bridge, you just keep going. But if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, you're on the wrong side. You're, of the, you're on the other side, yes. And there's going to be a band that's playing. Oh. So there's some entertainment. It'll be up for about five minutes, um, and then it goes down, and then you can continue. You're not going to win the race, though. If you're you, not going to win competitive, the race. <laughs> like some of these people are competitive, right? I mean, some Absolutely. people love yeah. to yeah. enter yeah. races. <laughs> Sophia, have you run this beat the bridge before? Well, okay, I've done the walk. Okay, like uh, like two I'll years try. ago, and then last year I tried to do the run, but I did not train at all. It was just like we went there, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do the run with my friends," and I didn't beat the bridge. Aha! Uh-huh. But <laughs> so there are there is a walk. Let's mention this, Wilma, too, yeah. for other people who don't want to necessarily run and race. There, there's an other ways to participate. Absolutely. Right. So there's a three mile walk. Three mile walk. There's, there's a one mile correct. fun run that. It's over pretty quickly, right? Yeah. There's a wheelchair race. Yep. Folks in wheelchair. And then, of course, the 8K, the the Beat the Bridge run. Correct. But also afterwards, they're in the Husky Stadium. There's something for even the toddlers, right? Yeah. There's a diaper derby. <laughs> diaper dash. <laughs> the yep. diaper derby, diaper dash. Uh, well, that is for toddlers or That is for toddlers for <laughs> three, for three un, people under three. Okay. <laughs> and how do they raise money? Do they get sponsors too? Little three-year-olds? Sure. You okay. know, the parents can. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I want to talk about next. So, we, Delilah, you've got a team tie-dye. Sophia, you've got a team? Yes. What is it called? Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and is that the same team name you had last year? Yeah. We're going to gather some of the same people as your core. Yes. You go out. So how do you raise money? In the old days when I was your age, and this is old days, uh, <laughs> we had walkathons and stuff. We would get a piece of paper, an actual pencil. I don't know if you know what those are. And you would go na- door to door and say, will you sponsor me? I'm going to run this far. And they would sign their name and pledge. Now, how do you do it? Um, well, if you go to the Beat the Bridge website and you sign up... Oh, you good. Can... We didn't even mention that. Yeah. <laughs> Beat the Bridge has its own website, right? Yes. Beatthebridge.org? Beatthebridge.org. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that in. Okay, go to the Beatthebridge.org website. And you sign up. You can go to the Participant Center, I'm pretty sure, and you can send out emails to people. Get on that mic a little closer for us. You can send emails to people if you go to the Participant Center or the participant center. <laughs> and then another way that I fundraise is just asking people, like going door, I do go door to door. You do? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So you start a team and you let people know through social media, yes. I've got a team, I'm going to do this, please fund me, sponsor mm-hmm. me. Yes. And people can, now that we've mentioned Diabete this and tie, team tie die. <laughs> people can search for that team name if they know, oh yeah, I want to support her, I heard her on the radio. Yes, they can. Anybody can just log on, or you have to. What do you give up? Secrets and. <laughs> <laughs> you can absolutely just visit the website beatthebridge.org and type in our team name that way. And like Sophia said, also go to the participant center, and it's e- as easy as that. And you can also link the fundraiser to your Facebook. So that's yeah. what I have on my Facebook page, which is awesome because that is a super easy way to get the word out. So that is that is an excellent use of social media these days, um, spreading the word through the internet. 
That actually sounds pretty easy. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> are there are there tools? I mean, does uh, JDRF say here's the best way to do it and build a little your own little page and say yeah, here's so what? Yeah, so the participant center that Sophia was referring to was um, there is a link that can link that fundraising page to your Facebook, to your social media, and it's super simple. Um, once you hit that link, type in a few words, then it shows up on your Facebook page and everybody can donate. Yeah, and so this year's Beat the Bridge is Sunday, May 19th, Husky Stadium in the morning at like 8 a.m. People gather and those first races we talked about, the mile walk, the fun run, they're all sort of in a row, one after the other, and then 8.30, the, the big Beat the Bridge run starts. Um, what is a day like that mean to people with type 1? I mean, when you I mean, it's kind of cool. Husky Stadium's a big place. <laughs> and to see all these people, that's the finish line, right? You run in there, yeah. and there must be thousands of people around, all sort of... It's about 10,000 people. The, mm -hmm. With the same idea, thinking the same thing and having mm -hmm. the same emotion. What is that like? I mean, it's magical for me, personally. I mean, you walk in, and you see everyone supporting there for one cause, trying to find a cure, and it's it's great. I love it. It was also extremely rewarding for me because I've never experienced that before. And living with diabetes for 15 years, you actually don't have too many opportunities to be surrounded by that many diabetics. And so that was the first time I've ever experienced something like that. And it was just so much fun. And it was just really incredible to know there are so many others affected by the same disease. We are talking about type 1 diabetes this morning with Wilma Kamenat. She's the Associate Executive Director at JDRF, the Western Washington or Greater Washington Chapter, uh, Senior Promotions Coordinator from MOVA 92.5 at Delilah Sanabria, and Sophia Glover, this year's Ambassador for the Beat the Bridge Run. Like I said, it's online uh, to find out more about it, beatthebridge.org, and people can start their own team. Uh, sponsor one of you guys, maybe they can look around and go, I think I know someone with diabetes, and look them up say, hey, maybe they are, maybe they have a team, and find some of, one of their friends or relatives that's already running or, or support this in that way too, right? Absolutely, or they can sign up themselves. That's a great way to do it. Um, now, Wilma, I want to talk about some of those other things you mentioned uh, up front, some of the support services that, yep. that JDRF does with some of this money. So hopefully, I don't know, is there a a goal like a budget we got to raise this much or at least a goal if not yeah a so need. our beat the bridge goal this year is 2.3 million wow that's yeah. an awesome goal yeah. and what do you hope to do with that much money over the next year well, or so? a lot of research yeah. a lot of research um and also a lot of support services that i referred to um earlier we try to do as much as we can for the type 1 community um obviously finding a cure is a priority but we also realize that people that have the disease now, they need our support. Um, so that's why we have these parent coffee talks, the Bag of Hope, the Type 1 Nation Summit. So, um, Sophia, as a child, you don't have to do everything in your life. You still have parents that sort of help you out. <laughs> uh, parents, and so this is questions for both of you and Wilma. The parents are got to be so involved with this when, when someone's diagnosed young. Yeah. The whole family's got to be wrapped up in this. I mean, the support isn't just for the patient, right? It's yeah. the whole family needs it. I mean, when I was diagnosed, it kind of hit my whole family. I mean, it was really tough. This is a tough disease to manage. Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of services are there for the family? I mean, how, how do you wrap yourself? Yeah, so we yourselves? have the parent coffee talks. Um, so we have those about once every other month. And it's a chance for parents to come together and really talk about their challenges, also their wins about dealing with uh, type 1 diabetes, 
and just to be around uh, folks that can support them. And they have been in their shoes as well. So it's a really powerful um, service that we provide. That, that does sound awesome. Um, either you participate in some of those and find this, this really works for us and our family? Any of those services that, that JDRF offers that you find, wow, that, that really was a good idea. That's helpful. Yeah, we've been to a few events like, I mean, Be- Beat the Bridge, obviously. And then um, I think it was a summit, a Type 1 summit that we went to a few years ago. And that was really, they had some cool speakers and stuff there. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah that's every it, November? Yes. And that's, Type that's 1 like Nation a, Summit is every November, correct. bring like uh, we the bring brains a lot of and speakers. the researchers? And exactly. We have a lot of researchers um, that come and do talks. We have a lot of breakout sessions. So that's a great opportunity for families that, you know, are far in their, um, into their type 1 diabetes. Um, and the, uh, the research that's being done, I mean, it has changed the way people live with type 1, right? I mean, years and years, I'll, I'll go back to how old I am again. I mean, I knew one person with type 1 when I was, uh, I guess, in elementary school. One of my friend's older sister, and she had to prick herself in the finger and give herself a shot every once in a while. And I thought, well, that's pretty... <laughs> gross, I thought at first, but then <laughs> I realized later, well, it's actually a pretty good way to handle something, but it's it's much more sophisticated now. Do both of you, I mean, we've moved beyond that, right? Do you want to talk about your own ways you monitor and then self-take sure. care of yourself? Yeah. I would still say that I'm old school method with the shots and oh, the yeah, pricking okay. my fingers. So we're still doing that. Okay. <laughs> but no, there it has absolutely advanced and it is incredible to see how far technology has come with this disease because I am aware of the things that have come out whether you're doing things with a pump or a continuous glucose monitor. I know what are the, wait, no, but there you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are both of those technologies? So the pump is something that is attached to you versus the shots where you're actually taking a needle and into an insulin vial versus the pump that is automatically attached to you through a little tube in your stomach. So that, you're carrying that around all the time? Mm-hmm. And it's yes, a, that is correct. a deposit, the, uh, like a <laughs> hopper worth of insulin that it is slowly to, mm-hmm. drips it in? Yes, and you actually get to control it, but it also controls itself. So you can tell it what to do, or you can type it in yourself to tell it how much insulin to give yourself. So it is really, really cool how far the technology has come and made this disease a lot easier to manage. Um, it's something you still do have to pay attention to all of the time, but it is getting easier. How about you, Sophia? What kind of technology do you use or other people your age using? I have an insulin pump and I have a continuous glucose monitor. Uh, well, how does that work? Is that also attached to you permanently? Yes. Is that a... the, the continuous glucose monitor is like it's like a little patch almost and it goes on your arm. There's a battery attached to it. Um, it has a little sensor that goes under your skin and then um, through Bluetooth it goes to my phone and there's an app on my phone and I can always see what my blood sugar is. It's pretty cool. So... Okay, <laughs> now we're really <laughs> so. My phone has a dial on it; it's connected to the wall, so that wouldn't work. But uh, so teachers and nurses in a school, they might be able to tap into your Bluetooth. That's that's a monitor and say, "Oh, look at this kid." I mean, someone even younger than you that can't really take care of themselves as well as a twelve-year-old yeah. might they, say, "Oh, this kid in room five is going into insulin shock. We better run down there because." An alarm goes off or something? Yeah, you can set your alarms um, and they'll go off if your blood sugar is too high or low. And I've get, I've had friends like who are also diabetics who do have teachers like monitoring their blood sugar just in case they miss something. Yeah, because so, yeah. a seven-year-old can't yeah. <laughs> medicate themselves. Yeah. 
accurately anyway. <laughs> well, this is also fascinating. It's all part of what JDRF, the, the R and the F are doing, the, the research foundation part of this. Absolutely. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation has been doing this for years and years now, but there's the future still no cure yet. I mean, what is the, is it pointing to anything? As you go to these summits every year, the, are they getting closer and saying, I can see the horizon, there's something we're learning now that might yeah, so one of the research projects that we are focused on is called beta cell replacement. So it's basically putting in beta cells that will not um, get attacked by your body because that's what's happening in type 1 diabetes is the beta cells are being, it's an autoimmune disease. Um, so what we're trying to do is create technology so that we can put beta cells that will not um, be attacked by the bo human body. So autoimmune diseases... If I know enough of this, I'm, I'm nowhere near a doctor, but they think there's something wrong in the body itself, and it turns against itself somehow. It's the is body that, attacking itself. And so a beta cell, this therapy is like, we're going to trick trick you? <laughs> we're going to protect it. We're going to protect the beta cell. Ah. So we are going to encapsulate it so it cannot be attacked by the body. Awesome. Yeah, so that's one of the exciting research projects that we are funding with, for, with JDRF. That is so cool. And again, the, the millions that it takes to do stuff like that. S Seattle in the Northwest actually is a pretty good medical research uh, Absolutely. Uh, a part Absolutely. of the country. It's kind of neat to say, does the, the money that you raise at Beat the Bridge stay local or does it get dispersed out to the national and then it just gets chopped up evenly or does the local monies, some of it stay local? Some of it stays local because we are fortunate to have a lot of world-class research facilities. Uh, for example, Benaroya Research Institute gets research grants from us, um, Just Biotherapeutics, the University of Washington, they're all funded by JDRF. And we're going to run out of time in just a couple more minutes, but having someone like Nordstrom on, this is like the 37th year of Absolutely. Beat the Bridge, right? Mm -hmm. They have been sponsoring it as a... a they I mean, are our presenting sponsor. They are the ones that are putting this together, and we're just the happy recipient. So they well, are a true uh, partner. That's what this. I was going to ask. A company doesn't have to jump in and say, I want to help for no no darn reason, but they do. I mean, what does that mean to have some support like that? It's a huge help. Um, so Beat the Bridge was actually, actually started by a Nordstrom employee. Her son had diabetes, type 1 diabetes. Um, and because Nordstrom is really, um, really values their employees, Nordstrom itself, the, uh, the family and the organization got behind it. So, and here we are, 37 years later. That's awesome. Hey, we are going to run out of time now. So, I want the last like, what did we forget to say? What do we want to say twice? You want to, you know, how do people sign up? Well, all those important dates and things like that. So, who wants to tell me? Sophia, jump on there and tell what people. What do you tell people about type one when you have a minute left to say something? Um, I usually about beat the bridge or about type. Well, one? just whatever you think is most important. Um, that you should go to beatthebridge.org and you should sign up so we can find a cure for type 1 diabetes. Well, see, now there's an ambassador. If I <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> to jump right on, go to the website. I think we can just end right there. <laughs> Delilah, what do you tell people? What do you want people to remember or think about, uh, with, whether type 1 or Beat the Bridge? I have to say that education is key, whether you are someone with diabetes or not. Just even knowing the symptoms of high and low blood sugars could absolutely save someone's life in any case. 
And then also that JDRF is a huge, huge support system. It helped me a lot. I received the Bag of Hope when I was 10. I still have my Rufus Bear today. So it meant the world to me then. It still means the world to me now. I didn't mention the Rufus Bear. I did know (laughs) that story in my notes. (laughs) Uh, Wilma, okay, Rufus Bear, and and what else do do we need to talk about? Send people away thinking about JDRF and Beat the Bridge. I think if everybody can just really get behind the type 1 diabetes community by participating in Beat the Bridge, in the Nordstrom Beat the Bridge, that would help us a lot with research, with the support services, um, and just advocating for better health care for the type 1 diabetes community as a whole. All right, we are out of time. Thank you guys so much. We have been talking today with Wilma Kamenat. She's the Associate Executive Director at JDRF, uh, Delilah Sanabria, Senior Promotions Coordinator at Movin 92.5, and Sophia Glover, one of this year's ambassadors for the Beat the Bridge run. And like I said, it's May 19th. Go online to beatthebridge.org. Find someone to support. Start a team yourself. Okay, the, the shout-out for the names again. It's Diabetes. Diabetes and... Team tie-dye. Team tie-dye, or get out there and start your own. Um, gosh, thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you raised lots of money and you're able to find a, a, a cure for this disease that we just don't know enough about. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you'd like to hear this interview again, it can be found on Podcast One and iTunes within a few days. Just search Spotlight with Gary Scheip. I am Gary Scheip. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.